Hi, and welcome to the Cornelius Seed Podcast. Thank you for checking out our podcast. Established in 1935, we're an American-owned and family-owned independent seed company. And we're excited to partner with you in our new podcast by bringing you five generations of agricultural experience and decades of industry expertise. In our podcasts, you can expect to gain valuable and timely information to aid you in making decisions for your operation. We'll keep things simple and informative and much like our motto, Planet Profit. Hi, thanks for joining us today. This is Juan, Cornelius Seed Innovation Lead, and today we have Craig Alleman, our lead agronomist. Welcome, Craig. Thank you. Thanks, thanks. Hey, Craig, so in our very first podcast, we talked about some weather events that took place in the 2020 growing season that had an impact on crops. Today, I want to talk about preparing for the 2021 planting and growing season. Obviously, Mother Nature has a huge say on the level of success we'll have. So let's start off talking about the weather. Does that sound good to you? Yeah, it sure does. All right, wonderful. So uh, earlier this week, Craig, uh, the NOAA, or NOAA, short for National Oceanic Atmospheric Administration, their Climate Prediction Center released their current status on predictions. And one of the most important highlights I saw from that report is that we're seeing conditions that are present for La Nina. Now, La Nina, just a quick refresher on what that is for us, it's uh, you know the weather pattern that occurs in the Pacific Ocean. And in this pattern, strong winds will blow warm water at the ocean surface from South America to Indonesia. As the warm water moves west, cold water from the deep rises to the surface near the coast of South America. So they predict that La Nina is going to continue through our northern hemisphere, which ultimately for us, that means that we're going to have a potential for the possible summer drought. Now, you know the old saying, El Nino is usually a farmer's friend. La Nina is not. So, Craig, what do you think we need to keep in mind as we're, as you know, the folks are saying that there's you know a high chance of drought this summer? Well, first of all, there's you know there's no predicting whether we will or not. I mean, we it, we very easily could just have a nice normal year, have a rain every week, and everything will be fine. But with with the fact that we are going to, it looks like set up to have a La Nina. And also some of the models that they use to predict the, you know, the weather uh, three, three, four months out. Um, it looks like there's a good possibility. So, you know, it's worth at least preparing for that situation and uh, maybe do a few things, um, you know, that would be a good practice anyway. But it will set us up, hopefully, if we have if we do have another drought again. And remember, we, we we're just coming out of a drought in our part of the Corn Belt. Uh, we had a, a a late summer drought, went most of the month of August without rain in a big chunk of our area. So, you know, we don't necessarily have a whole lot of subsoil moisture built up anyway. And so if we stack another drought um, two years in a row, you know, we, we could see some pretty significant uh, tough situations uh, across the Cornelius uh, footprint. Does, so, I'm sorry, a quick question on that then. Sure. Does how does that relate to planting early? Well, it, you know, just common sense. If you think about um, the earlier you get planted, the earlier that crop can get set up and into the reproductive stage. 
Uh, and, you know, just year in and year out, we're going to be hotter the, later in the summer. So if you can get the crop up and going and maybe do get into the reproductive and, and get some grain field done before you get the extreme part of a late summer drought, um, you know, mid, mid July through, through the end of August, then potentially, you know, you could gain some bushels by doing that. So, you know, that's, that's what we, when we talked about the possibility of a La Nina and the possibility of a drought, um, you know, that's one thing we can do is just make sure that we are prepared to plant early. So we, we all know, you know, you should know what your ultimate planting date is in your area based on local university data and your experience. But, you know, I think it's really year in and year out, but especially year like this, um, it's important to be ready at least two and and preferably three weeks ahead of what your normal planting date would be, and then we just simply watch uh, we watch the uh, the temperatures and we watch the the soil moisture and the forecast then. So, you know, really, it's then it's just important that if the soil conditions are excellent and we've got some you know, some warm conditions where, where, you know, hopefully we're 50 degrees in the soil, uh, can get that seed planted and get it germinated. And uh, on the early side of your optimum planting date, then this would be a good year to take advantage of that. And, you know, corn, we have to watch it on the early side. We could, we can get potentially get hurt more by planting corn too early than we can with soybeans by planting them too early. And uh, so, you know, I think the important thing, if you're looking at planting corn early, um, you want to be on the front side of that, of that warm up system that you get that, 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 uh, you know, that you're watching uh, as opposed to the back side of that. So in other words, if you've got five days of, you know, 70 degree weather in early April and the soil conditions are perfect, then, you know, get out there and take advantage of two, three days of planting corn. But when you get on the backside of that, when they're predicting it's going to turn off cold, you want to shut, shut that corn planter down, um, you know, and then maybe switch to beans at that point in time, because the beans just won't suffer um, quite as much from, you know, from a cold shock or uh, cold damage, um, you know, when that seed is trying to, uh, to germinate and emerge. So, um, you know, that's just a couple of things you can do. I think just be prepared to plant early and then kind of watch that corn a little, little bit more than the beans and uh, make sure you shut that corn planter down, uh, you know, earlier than the bean planter. Okay. The, so I think it's safe to say that, you know, here recently we've been seeing some some high grain prices and given that opportunity is there for, for the farmer, is there, can we perhaps take a different approach with our inputs? Yeah, I think that's a, that's a good point and a good question. Um, you know, we pretty much, well, the first, the first thing there is that, uh, of course, you need to take advantage of these prices being up now and get, and get some grain sold for the fall. You know, I, I've talked to some people that have sold some corn for 436 fall delivery and 1183, I think it was, fall delivery. I mean, those are just fabulous prices and great place to start. So, 
you don't want to spend more money for inputs if you don't have those kind of prices locked in. So it's important to be getting that done. I mean, they could go up. I hope they do. But, boy, that's a great place to start. And if they go up, you know, that's just additional income. So when when we see prices like that and we're able to kind of lock that in and, and our input prices that, you know, people have already prepaid here for this coming growing season, they're they're still kind of based on, you know, on the prices the way they were last year. So the, the prices really haven't went up a lot. So it's a great time to take advantage of those two things coming together. If we see these prices stay high, um, just just from past history, you know, that's when the inputs kind of follow those prices up. So take advantage of it this year. Um, you got those high prices. Um, it's time to do some things to increase your yields or, t- you know, maybe some more opportunities for yield increases that maybe you wouldn't do when uh, when the prices are lower and, and the margins are tighter. So when we start talking about that, uh, you know, end application in corn is one thing. Um, not necessarily putting more in on, but maybe you spend the extra application to put that in on some of that in on side dress, um, you know, closer, getting closer to the reproductive stage, uh, you know, tasseling time frame. Um, you know, studies are showing pretty good results uh, anytime after V12, maybe V12 to R1, which is, is tasseling, um, putting on a fungicide application at that point in time. Um, along with that nitrogen um, and soybeans, uh, fungicide application for soybeans, uh, best timing for that is still R3. Um, you know, that's usually end of July, 1st of, of August timeframe. So, you know, th- that's just a couple things we could do. I mean, even just as simple as uh, we maybe we start combining at 24, 23% moisture instead of, you know, 19 uh, we'll get less shelling at the head, but we're going to get higher yields that way um, because we we have a few extra dollars now to spend on on drying that corn down. So, you know that that's just some simple things you can do. There's a lots of lots of other inputs. Uh, you know, people um, sometimes uh, play with some foliar uh, fertilizer type things, but uh, those those are the big ones. Kind of getting that end application um, split out and getting it closer to tasseling, and then uh, fungicide on the corn and the soybeans that, that can gain you some bushels and if the bushels are worth more then um, you know you'll at least get your turn or hopefully you'll make a nice profit from that as well absolutely you know it's it, uh i think the biggest takeaway from, from having this conversation with you is that you just try to be prepared like you you said and i misspoke earlier you really can't predict but you can plan for it um, the best you can and, and, uh, you know, just try to be prepared in case you can get out in that field earlier. And, and, and like you mentioned, you know, perhaps we can evaluate our inputs and see if there's another strategic approach to, to having a better position at the end of the year. Yeah. And, and that, that's just a real good way to sum it up. And, you know, again, I, I, I hate predicting a drought because I I've heard that done a lot of times through the years. And it doesn't come to fruition, but it, we do. Have, I mean, we know the temperatures out there in the ocean are, are uh, to a point where we're going to have a La Nina most likely. And, uh, you know, that again, the subsoil moisture is already pretty low in our footprint. So, you know, we're, we're in that position that we need to at least think about that and control what we can control with that. And, and early planting, I think, is is one thing just so we can get that crop 
hopefully uh, matured uh, before we get into some of that extreme drought at the end of the summer. Perfect. Well, I, you know, that, that's kind of what I wanted to chat about today, Craig. I, I, I appreciate your time and I know we made a quick one here today, but we, we want to make sure we're just sharing, you know, timely and valuable information to our listeners and uh, to our folks that, that got a chance to listen. Uh, thanks for joining us and don't forget to, like our podcast and subscribe to it and if you have a chance hop on over to instagram and check out some of the pictures we've been sharing here lately